Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of React Roundup. I am TJ Van Toll and I'm here with Paige Eichinghouse. Hey everyone. And Jack Harrington. <laughs> Good morning. And we gathered today because we are going to do another panelist episode today. And we're going to be talking about equipment, which oh, yes. uh, it's, it's going to be a three hour show. We're going <laughs> to dive all the way through it. Link to everything. <laughs> I'm going to explain every key on my keyboard. That was the <laughs> Q next to the W. Hey folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast and you can actually hear a little bit more about my story about why I'm doing what I'm doing with Top End Devs, why I changed it from uh, devchat.tv to Top End Devs. But what I really want to get into is that I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv and I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want, right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I, I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there, and we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. So we have a lot to get into, but Jack, I know you wanted to mention some things off the top. So I'm going to toss things over to you first. Yeah, absolutely. So we do have a Discord. Uh, it handles a bunch of different podcasts, but uh, we're on there. And if you want to join up there is a link in the show notes and please come by and tell us whatever you like about the show and give us any suggestions you may have or anything like that we're all ears yeah and then i yeah obviously that's that's good and then the second thing is i, I did want to talk about whoa the whole firestorm out there on copilot it is my mm -hmm. i love copilot but i gotta say i so what's happened is github has basically said it's either i think it's $10 a month or $100 a yep. year. I think there is an educational 100% discount. How you prove that you are that, I don't know. But it's become the thing, right? Is it worth it? Is it not? You know, yada, yada. And so it's very interesting. I was surprised by that. I just put about that. I was surprised in a way that like GitHub, because it's free for individuals as a service. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, I guess it's not though. If you, you can pay for GitHub, I pay for GitHub. So I guess, okay. No, I'm not surprised. All right. Okay. But anyway, so what's your take on it, guys? What what do you think? Well, I'm a little bit surprised that it decided to go pay so soon after it debuted because it, it's been, I think, almost a year, but not even. So, either, you know, the fact that they are confident enough in the code that Copilot is writing to say you guys need to pay for this is, I guess, impressive. Mm -hmm. But also, I personally don't use Copilot. I turned it off after about the second week of using it because to me, really? it, it got in the way more than it was useful. No so I I don't really care that much, to be honest. And I've <laughs> You're seen, good. you know, I, I, it seems like the hubbub died down really quickly after people started using it. It seemed like there was a lot of talk about it right as it came out. And then there was some issues with copyright infringement. And I remember the whole thing where the Doom code, including comments and everything, just magically appeared when somebody was <laughs> writing code. And I just decided I didn't really want that. I'd rather figure it out on my own because 
I think I learn a lot more that way than I do letting somebody else kind of try and interpret what I want to write code for. Yeah, we've we've talked about Copilot, I think, a few times on the show here. If, if you are new, Copilot is Microsoft slash GitHub. They're now, I guess, the same thing, but mm. they're like AI helper tool that integrates into Visual Studio Code. So it'll you'll be typing up a date parsing function and Copilot will basically use its repository of you know, open source GitHub projects where these functions already exist and try to make intelligent suggestions. And my reactions are kind of the same as Paige. I turned it off also. So I used it for a while, but to me, it was more like, I was more just fascinated by the finding it actually useful. Like, because <laughs> it was yeah. like about 30% useful, 70% annoying for me. Like <laughs> occasionally it would, it would really amaze me and solve some problems for me but more often it would just keep suggesting stuff it's like no copilot like that's not what i'm doing (laughs) just just stop yeah and eventually like those things just fed me up enough that i turned it off but i will say i am was surprised by them charging just because i thought this was part of microsoft's like same model they have the same reason visual studio code is free the same reason github is free for a lot of projects i thought this was just like Microsoft giving out free things to make developers love them. I always considered this part of that same thing. So I was surprised they're charging. And I'm kind of curious how many people they're like, how well this is going to do as a paid service. It'll be fascinating to sort of keep tabs yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Full props, obviously, always to TJ for like having the mind of the listener in mind and saying, wait, maybe the listener doesn't Here's know what GitHub Copilot is, right? So <laughs> I'm just charging ahead. Thank you for and that. And TJ's like, thank you. No, know, it's rewind. But everybody, in in case you haven't heard of it, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking maybe it's an issue just literal scale. Like basically, you're sending a a web request to them on like every single keystroke, almost. Yeah, I mean that's just kind of crazy. Like in terms, yeah, it could be that they just couldn't support. Like even at Microsoft scale, if the tool gets popular enough that millions and millions of people are using it and sending these requests constantly as they edit code, like. Yeah. Even at even at Microsoft scale, that that's, that's, a uh, that's a Azure lot. that Azure bill <laughs> racks up pretty quickly. Right. So Bill Gates it could just be, be like, I don't work that. here anymore, but you guys owe me a bunch of money. So yeah, I'll, I guess I'm the lone holdout. I I love Copilot. I use it every day, and I but I don't use it for I don't do the thing that a lot of folks did, which is like type in a comment to like, hey, write me a TikTok program, and it would yeah. you know write you a program. It was more like just hinting as I would go along, like, hey, I want to go and set this state to true, it would just like write that line for me. And it just saved me some some actual typing. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see the benefit there. But as some of my coworkers said, when we were talking about it, GitHub doesn't want my code. They don't (laughs) want my hacky taped together code. They don't, they shouldn't be suggesting that to other people as the solution. (laughs) Oh, it's written some shockingly bad code for me, that's for sure. (laughs) But hey, so I'm going to try a a page-like segue here and get us into the the hardware discussion. So the the clickety, clickety, clickety of the keyboard is what I am... GitHub Copilot is replacing for me. So what what is your... Let's start with keyboards. And everybody's interested in that. What what, what are our keyboard preferences here? All right, I'll start. I have a Microsoft... I'm going to hold it up for you two. Our listeners can't hear it, but I've got a, a... Microsoft ergonomic <gasps> keyboard like the this classic. this bad boy. And it's very it's very much a classic. And for me, this started around I'd say about a decade ago. I started having wrist problems mm. just 
Carpal I, tunnel. Yeah, like carpal tunnel, you know, nothing that drastic, but enough that like by the end of the day, my wrists would start hurting, right? Like concerningly mm-hmm. so. Sure. And so I started looking for ergonomic keyboards. And at the time, I think I think this market has advanced quite a bit. But at the time, the Microsoft ergonomic keyboard was like the ergonomic keyboard. There wasn't a lot of options there. So I got this and it basically completely 100% eliminated my problems. Like, wow, it was that drastic night and day. And so I've become very uh, attached to my keyboard. And I've, (laughs) I've had the same one for 10 years now. The six key doesn't quite work quite right. I mean, it still it still works, but you have to hit it a little bit harder. And I sort of trained yeah, myself to, yeah. to do it. But because like I still remember the the problems with my wrists and how well this solved it for me, I've kept this thing around and don't really have any plans to replace it because it's still working fine for me. Nice. Okay, so I'll go on. I'll jump in with my keyboard. So my daughter, I guess, work. Christmas or something gave me a a Varmio. She's a keyboard big big keyboard head because she likes playing uh what is it Valorant a few things like that. So she's all into the gaming stuff. Anyways, it's a VA eighty seven M Varmio. I wish I could pull the. Oh, can I pull? Oh, I can hold up the keyboard, but only when I actually like. Work. Oh, so <laughs> it's a mechanical. It's a mechanical, um, which of course is all hot with the kids. And I gotta say, I like it. I really do. The one thing that I've done, which Sorry, kind of disconnected itself. And it doesn't matter though, because I'm just talking right now. Um, <laughs> OCD, man. The one thing I had to change, or I've just changed across all my keyboards, and this is because I'm a Mac user. I changed the command key to be the caps lock, and it was life changing. Mm. I was having really weird pain on like the big chunky part of my thumb. You know, where the thumb goes into the hand, there's that big old muscle mm-hmm. there. And what it yeah. was, the problem was that I was like, Flipping my thumb underneath to hit the option, they hit the command key and then do like command C or command B or something like that. And just over the course of a day, it was getting really, really painful. Not really painful, but painful. Like, you know, you don't want to live. That's a weird spot for us. Yeah. Yeah, it is a weird spot. And so I changed over to the caps lock key. I finally got used to it and it, it went away. It's like TJ. It just, man, that, that, that's <laughs> gone. Every other thing is fine. But yeah, I'm telling you, if you're a Mac user, consider moving that that command there are sometimes it gets a little weird like sometimes like it turns it back into caps lock for no reason at all i don't know whatever but whatever very rare almost always works it's great (laughs) interesting i've got i've swapped command and control just so that so that i can move between a external keyboard and back to like a mac laptop without having like keys remapped because it's a windows keyboard right so oh uh, right so yeah. control control is bottom left and that just messes with my head so i basically I remapped keys so that my windows external keyboard acts like a mac one that way i can jump back and forth between laptop and external keyboard without any issues that's cool nice that's a good one so the keyboard that i have is a logitech mx mx keyboard and mm-hmm. I bought it about a year ago when I started my full-time remote from work from home job. Before that, I was, you know, I was in an office before COVID. And at the office, we had all Mac development stations and the fancy Mac keyboards and mice and all that good stuff. And then when I went to home, I just used for a long time my laptop keyboard, which is also Mac. So I'm really used to like the butterfly keys, the light, mm-hmm. the light touch. And I can't stand the sound of mechanical keyboards. I find it really distracting. I don't like the clickety-clack. I know I'm going to get hate mail for that, but I really am not a fan. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I love this Logitech one because it has three uh, computers that it can be mapped to. So if you change oh. between your work computer, your personal, maybe you have a Windows, whatever, it can remember all three of them and be able to easily switch between the three. That's Bluetooth compatible. And it has the low profile quiet keys. And I love it for that. So it, it is the best $100 that I ever spent on a keyboard. And I would absolutely buy it again. After I had mine for about six months, my husband ended up buying the same one for his office. <laughs> nice. I'm also yeah. I'm pro mechanical keyboard. The, the clicky clack, I find it soothing rather than annoying. <laughs> I think I think this is one of those like love or hate it sort of thing. There's not much in between. I will say, though, one reason I haven't made the switch is because since ergonomic is like a hard requirement for me, that sort of limits the market significantly. Like there's mm. I know there are mechanical ergonomic keyboards out there, but they seem to be the minority. So if anybody out there has any suggestions, feel free to hop in our discord, right? And <laughs> make some suggestions I, of ones out there. Yeah, I actually do weirdly have a an IBM 501 keyboard just through happenstance. Turns out my hardware store guy had an old PC and he's I'm like, dude, I want that keyboard. How many of you I'll buy that keyboard for me. And it's literally it's the ka-chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. <laughs> and it is loud. It is crazy loud. And I think what they were trying to do at the time was imitate the Selectric and the Selectric, which is an actual typewriter, was insanely loud. I don't even know how <laughs> Like in hindsight, like we all went deaf, I guess. I don't know, whatever. But yeah, I, the, the mechanical keyboards of today, I, they're not anywhere like the MX Cherry Reds or whatever it is. Yeah. I yes. think what I have. They're not, they're not that. And it, I mean, it, yeah. it was, you could feel it like, you could like, like cause, kink, and it's like, whoa. <laughs> but it did make a very, well, it, it is loud, but it's also like, ooh, things are happening here. Yeah. I love the feedback. It's just, oh. I don't know, something about it feels really good. Yeah. I, the spongy stuff. <laughs> Agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, have any that, weird mice? I've got a Logitech mouse that uh, it's just I do. standard weird rare mice. Oh, you got a cool mi- mouse? No, I've got the very standard Logitech oh, yeah. mouse too. It's like the you know twenty dollar, thirty dollar, and five five seven is what it says. But it is the most basic of mice that is not corded. I think. <laughs> Okay. Actually, I've got a corded one that is not as basic, I would say. It's got, you know, it's got like turbo buttons and things. That I, oh, that I never nice. Do. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. No, so I'm, nothing else. I'm rocking the, the, uh, Apple magic mouse. Oh. And the, the one that this, they had the, the one the that plugs in on the bottom no, to charge. Oh, brilliant. Yes. Yes. It plugs God. in on the bottom. It's the most nuts. It's the most annoying thing. Like, I, I don't honestly don't know why I still use this. There's there's something about it like that I do like. Um it so it, it feels really nice. I I don't know. But it is annoying because it runs out of, the it charges for when you fully charge it, it seems to last several weeks, like mm-hmm. like two, three weeks. So, so yes. you don't have to charge it very often. So that's one thing. Uh, but it has run out of bad <laughs> run out of charge at some very unfortunate times because I do right. a lot of live events and podcasts and and things like that and so i've had to i've store like a secondary like cheap dell usb yeah mouse near my desk because sometimes well if that runs out of battery i've got to do something right i can't instantly (laughs) charge this thing i will say the one thing nice about the magic mouse is you can do it recognizes gestures on the mouse 
So mm-hmm. like you can swipe on the mouse, you can scroll really, really easily. Like I like the scroll gesture. Um, you can mm-hmm. like barely touch the mouse and it's, it's very, uh, I don't know, it's very sensitive to that sort of thing. And so once you adjust to that, uh, I think those are the reasons why I like it just because it makes scrolling really easy. Uh, swiping between spaces on the Mac is really easy as well. So yeah, those things are nice. Well, I will say that for me, I still use the trackpad on my laptop. Okay. Um, and this is probably the next thing we should talk about is what is our hardware? Because I think I know all of our hardware, but <laughs> I still do use the trackpad for gestures and for especially side scrolling, because that just does not work well with my mouse at all. So there are definitely things that are I guess shortcomings, but I've just adjusted to it. And luckily my my laptop is my center screen. So it's always open anyway. I don't use it as a yeah. clamshell or anything. So it's not a, a big deal for me at least. That is a good transition. So what is your setup like? <laughs> what like what are you looking at right now? How many monitors, <laughs> laptop, how are they situated? Uh we need a 3D rendering of your yeah. of your <laughs> office. <laughs> yeah. I know. Did anybody see that Twitter meme that was going around with like different monitor setups and yes. Dungeons and yes, Dragons yes, yes. coordinations, <laughs> chaotic good and neutral and things like that? <laughs> so mine, mine is a MacBook Pro, not the M1. It is still using the Intel chip because it's last year's model, but it's a 16 inch MacBook Pro. Uh, and then I have two monitors on either side, which are, I think, 27 inch monitors um, both of which are hp and i mean they're great that's i love it it's a fantastic setup it's portable it's big screens when i need them i i think it's fantastic so you have the laptop in the middle so like if you're focusing on something is your code like on the laptop are you docking it to the side what what is your workflow like for that so I have a laptop stand so that it brings the laptop up and then my keyboard kind of rests underneath it at arm level. But typically I'll have development a development window open on usually the right-hand side monitor and then I'll have my code in the center. But it really, it just depends on what I'm working on. Sometimes I need, I need to have more code open so I'll move it around and kind of switch windows but that's typically my setup and then on the left hand monitor is like slack and notes or email from work or you know whatever else is going on gotcha nice hi this is Charles Maxwood from top end devs and lately I've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and in some cases, just taking their career to the next level. You know, whether you're beginner going to intermediate, intermediate going to advanced, whether you're trying to get noticed in the community or go freelance, I've been helping these folks figure out how to get in front of people, how to build relationships and how to build their careers and max out and and just go to the next level. So if you're interested in talking to me and having me help you go to the next level, Go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching. Jack, how about you? Oh, yeah. okay. All right, I'll go. Uh, so on that list of the various monitor configurations, I'm chaotic neutral. So <laughs> <laughs> I've got the... I've got a, I guess a 27 inch 
on like that I'm looking at, but it is a, it's a gaming monitor. So it's got a, a slight bend to it, which is a little bit Ooh, hard nice. to get used to. I mean, thinking the first week is like, well, this is kind of weird. Those look awesome when I see them. Yeah. I would, I'm not sure. It doesn't have like the mega bend, but it's somewhat <laughs> bended. And then right next to that, I've got a big old up and down, like vertically, uh, you mm. know, kind of like portrait monitor that I put my mm-hmm. uh, notes on when I'm doing uh, YouTube videos. And then I made this change actually, I guess a couple months ago. I used to have the laptop on the desk as well, but now I put it, now I literally, I've got one of those weird, freakishly weird clean desks, like, like a Marie Kondo desk where literally I have like one thing that actually besides like couple cup things for my drinks, I only have one thing that ever just permanently stays on the physical desk, which is an A10 mini, which you can talk about, I guess. But under the, the laptop actually goes underneath and it's got a cooler on it. And the idea is that it, 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 the whole fan noise and everything is behind the monitors and behind the mic. So mm. to really cut down on noise, cause that's like a whole like audio quality thing and all that. You want to like make sure that there's absolutely nothing, like no fans, no anything mm-hmm. going on in the room and when you're doing video recording. So. Of course, weirdly, yeah. the laundry is literally like right behind the wall behind my back. <laughs> and, you know, so, yeah, my wife will start a load and be like, ka-dunk, 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 ka-dunk. and I'm like, oh, there goes, there's, there's recording for the hour. But okay, I guess I'll get clean, clean sheets. Clean clothes. Exactly. <laughs> so, so now, it, I, like, for whatever reason, I'm doing laundry. So, you know, I get to choose. So how is the laptop docked? Like, do you have like a, like a something built on your desk that houses it? Or did you custom do something like, like physically or how are you stationing it under? I see. So it's, it, there's a little like thermal cooler thing that a guy up in Seattle turned me on to because he was using it for his. So it's like basically it's just a fan in a box and you put that on it. And then I just put the USBs manually into the side to connect to the monitor and connect the power and all that. And then I actually I went to Tap Plastics and I built myself like a like a, a hanging stand. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, like, like half inch. Mm, what do they call it? not not extruded plastic? Whatever. Anyway, it looks quite elegant actually, and and yeah, so it, it kind of like hangs in the air, which is kind of weird and cool. <laughs> and then the whole the whole desk rises and I I, I spent a lot of time on my desk and it was a lot of, a lot of too much time. Cool. Yeah, actually, my setup is fairly similar except without the fancy hanging laptop bit. So my laptop is also docked, but it's just sitting right in the dead center of the desk, just because like I haven't come up with a fancier way of doing it. There's no reason. I mean, ideally, it would be docked somewhere out of the way just to give me a little more space. And Mm -hmm. my biggest problem is actually like wiring. Once you start accumulating a bunch of junk, um, (laughs) the problem is like every piece of equipment you get usually has two wires right like either hdmi or usb and then power and then all of a sudden if you have a camera you have two monitors you have some lights a laptop uh, a microphone i've got a second camera like there's just wires everywhere and i've never been fully satisfied with how i've done this i will say i do have a thing for my laptop dock station so i'm down to where my laptop i only have to to remove it i only have to unplug two things Mm. which is kind of nice because i do tend to work in other areas of my house on and off because I like to just get up and move around. I also share an office with my wife. So sometimes she needs it for a meeting or whatever, and I have to leave. 
So I do like uh, that I can just grab my laptop and go within like, you know, two seconds, pop it in and out to go. Or if I want to go work in a coffee shop or whatever, it's really easy for me to grab my laptop and do that. Nice. I guess I do have a docking station on it too. Like one of those Cal digit ones that has the monitors, the ex- an external hard drive that, you know, cause my, my one terabyte just is, never seems to be enough. It always seems to, you know, fill up and blah, 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 blah. It's like, really? Turns yeah. out it's a lot of Adobe cache files. Like, yeah. uh, I don't know. Anyway. Oh, and also <laughs> like weirdly time machine has these weird like stall backups that they can take your, your space and oh, it's a, it's a mess. But uh, yeah, so I have that that as well. Um, and that's very handy. But yeah, so you kind of plug into that and then that plugs into the keyboard, mouse, Ethernet. I've got actually it's, I've got wired Ethernet too. Yeah, I've got the same sort of thing except mine I don't really like. I got a s- kind of cheap one off Amazon. I actually don't even know what <laughs> brand it is. I think it's facing like down a zillion but, brands, man. Like, yeah, that's the thing. You should like you use the Amazon return policy liberally on that one. It's like, you know, just buy five and then one's going to work and just return the other four. Yeah, I'd say like all I'd say with those little docking things is it's probably worth spent. Like, don't buy the cheapest one because you can get <laughs> you can get really cheap ones. Like this oh, yeah. one I have. This is the second one I'm on, and even this one sometimes like I'll plug it in and one monitor just won't pop up. Right? It it'll just like yeah and, yeah 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 yeah. Like, and I have to like unplug it, it replug like, it in, right, right, restart, right. like fidget with it for a while, and it it just gets really, really annoying. Okay, the frame that she's stuck on here is hilarious. I love it. <laughs> All right, should we talk about video conferencing stuff, I guess? And then- yeah, you want to kick us off with that? I think we should also mention, too, before we get into any video stuff that... So Jack does YouTube. I do, like, online <laughs> webinars. I think, like... <laughs> I want to share some of our equipment, but I also have a feeling that if we start to go run through our setups, we'll scare some people away. Uh, oh, my God. Our, yeah. our setups Very are, expensive. because of the nature of our jobs, are quite a bit more elaborate than I think your average software developer. But I still think we should do it because I think people will find it interesting. And I think, Jack, you should probably kick us off because you're the YouTube star amongst <laughs> us. So you want to run through what you're using to record your videos? Sure. Yeah, why not? Okay. So I have a. My primary camera is a Sony A7 uh, camera, which is uh, very standard among YouTubers. Currently, I'm doing a 35 millimeter lens because called normal lens gives you, I don't know, it looks nice. It feels like it's kind of like a, a webcam sort of thing. And then when I'm recording videos, I actually record to an external recorder, Atomos Ninja. But when I'm doing video conferences, I actually run through an ATEM Mini which is a really, really nice external box from Blackmagic that does just phenomenal green screen on the fly. And so I can put basically anything behind me again, but you know, or not or whatever I want. And it's just just really nice. And then that goes USB-C, just like a webcam into the computer. That feels really good. And then on the audio side, I have I've currently settled on this Beacon mic, B-E-C-N, B-E-A-C-N mic, which is uh, really nice, actually. It's um, it's a equi- kind of equivalent to like a Shure SM7B. So it looks like a podcaster's mic, like you'd see from like, you know, sports talk radio kind of thing, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, or Twitch streamers or whatever. But the cool thing about the, uh, the Beacon is that it's USB, which I never thought I'd be into, but it's nice. Again, reducing cables. Reducing cables mm-hmm. is so critical. But it has all of the DSP stuff, all of the noise reduction, all of the bass boost, whatever you want to do on it. 
is all built into the actual mic itself. And so you just literally plug it in, you're good to go, you know, and it, it, it automatically like will, it, it's constantly doing noise cancellation to figure out like other ambient sounds in the room. It's just really cool. So I'm really, really happy with that one. And also funny thing, it has a noise floor in it so that if you're using a mechanical keyboard, basically you can set the, the noise floor right above the clickety clacks of the me- mechanical keyboard and you, you soften or even remove out entirely the, 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 the sound of the mechanical keyboard as you're typing, which is just like really cool. And then I got like a bunch of lights, but I would say, you know, you don't need to go that crazy with it. You could probably just get like some ring lights or a ring light or one of those like flat panel LED lights that people tend to use, like a gamer ones, like the Elgato's. And they're nice. Yeah, the one thing I've learned from going into this space is that if you watch the YouTubers or Twitch streamers or whatever that have a really nice looking setup and look really professional, uh, they've put a lot of time and also a lot of money into making that happen. Like that just doesn't happen (laughs) accidentally. And if you try to just take like your your laptop camera and your like built in microphone and to record something like that, it will be a very noticeable difference. And so if you're cool with that, right, if you're if you have no interest in getting into YouTube or Twitch or whatever, your built in stuff is probably fine for conference meetings and such. But um, I think you could like Logitech, you could do like a, you know, like a decent webcam. Yeah. And microphone. So my mic is a Blue Yeti mic, which I think is like the yeah, that's become like I think the standard like halfway decent mic that if you want to upgrade beyond your built in one uh, that you can use. And I've got it attached to this road road pot. What's it's like a mount or arm uh, mm-hmm. mic arm. I, I can't remember the exact it's like PS one mic arm sort of thing. Oh, and actually, okay, that's yeah. so it's the triangle that's one. the thing. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to upgrade your your mic beyond whatever your built-in ones, having one of these arms is really, really nice because essentially I can just swing it in and out of the way. So when I'm doing something like this, like a video call or a podcast or whatever, I swing the mic in front of me. When I'm done with it, I just swing it out of the way. Uh, it's out of the way because otherwise, like, again, as you have more stuff, it becomes cable and stuff management. Otherwise, if you're using an external mic and you have to, like, scooch it over every time you do a call or like unplug it unplug it or like replug it unplug it you're gonna not want to use it because it's just gonna become such a hassle yeah yeah. so i think regardless of what mic you use having some way of like positioning it is kind of important if you want to not annoy yourself and keep using it for video calls and quickly but also accurately because you want to set up the mic so that it you know it's it's x amount of inches away from your face blah, blah 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 And so you want to be kind of get it to where it's going back to the same spot most of the time. And you can learn how your mic works. So like I know where the Yeti picks up on. So if I want mm-hmm. to use Jack's thing and use the like sports oh, radio yeah. type of broadcast tonight, it's <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> which you might not want to sound like that, but sometimes you do want to record yeah. something, right? Like it, you don't have to be a famous YouTuber to want to record a quick video that shows your design team how something works or, right. you know, demo something at your company. and. Having something that sounds better and from a camera perspective looks better is kind of nice. Yeah. Well, and not only that, it it definitely makes it easier when you're talking to, you know, your coworkers even. Because I've been on calls recently and you can tell when somebody's just using like their system speakers because <laughs> it's it's a lot harder to hear them sometimes if they're sitting a little bit further away. So it really does make a difference even though you as the speaker don't really notice it because you're obviously the one talking and not hearing yourself but if you 
if you were to record yourself for a podcast or a video or whatever, you really can hear a phenomenal difference between somebody who's maybe using just their like their system speakers or headphones versus a camera or a mic that costs a little bit extra. So what do you um, use? And so I am using the, I think it is the Wavelink. It's the more expensive version. So Gato sells a couple different ones. One that looks very much like the old tiny microphones, kind of like the, I think like the, more like the Yeti. But this is the the souped up version, which has like three different settings. Uh, oh, yeah. Gain that you can change. It has different inputs that you can set to it. So if you've got your, for instance, your headphones plugged into it instead of like on a, a laptop, it lets you change that kind of stuff. So when I'm just recording with you guys or using it for Zoom calls or stuff like that, I, I use the Wavelink software that comes with it. When you buy it, you, you can just install the software and it lets you do, you know, some pretty nice just test checks and things like that. And then if I'm recording videos for like my course that I was doing earlier this year or something along those lines, I'll use OBS as the software that it streams into. And then I've got a noise gate and noise suppressors set up and some other stuff to just kind of look. That's about the extent of it. I haven't gotten into Atmos or anything like that. That's that's another level of content creation that I have not quite reached at this point. <laughs> Paige, you, you, we got most of that, but you did cut out a little bit. Can you just say the name of the mic one more time? I'm not sure if that came through on the initial, the initial yeah. time you said it. Yeah, it is the Elgato. I think it is the Elgato 3. There's two different versions and I got the more expensive version. So I'll have to look it up because it's it's been a while since I purchased it. But in addition to the mic, up until a few months ago, I was using my phone and a software called Reincubate Camo, which actually is a software that you install on both your phone and your computer. And it lets you then hook your phone into your computer and use it as a webcam. And it is by far the cheapest and the best way to get a high quality camera that I've ever seen. It is a little bit fiddly. And of course, you have to use your phone and set it up and kind of get it correctly positioned. But if you want a better quality camera than what is built into your laptop or even some of like the Logitech webcams that are out there and you don't want to invest in a DSLR Sony of some sort, this is really a good option that is very budget friendly because I think most people have a pretty decent web f- or a pretty decent phone with a, a much better camera on it than probably anything else they have in their house. Yeah, and I Apple just announced that they're planning on bringing that natively to their system. So I'm sure the third party people who make this stuff are really happy about this. But at the last WWDC, they introduced something called continuity. And I don't know exactly how it works or what their timeline is, but they're they're working on some like native way to just hook up an iPhone as you know, obviously, you have to be sucked into the Apple ecosystem. But of course, some, of course, yeah, that's sort of a yeah. given with Apple stuff. But yeah. if, if you are a Mac user, and you have an iPhone, they're working on some integrated way of connecting the two. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I love Apple. And I am I'm a fan of the ecosystem. And I gotta say, I do miss it when I'm like, I like, just a little thing. It's not even actually, it's not a little thing. But it's a, like, like the way that you can get instant messages or SMS or whatever on your Mac, you know, in messages is just like, wow, it's just really nice. And then when you go to Windows, you're like, it's not there. And it's just, uh, just okay. Now yeah. I have to use my phone for messages. What the heck? Well, I mean, we haven't talked 
operating system yet, but I, I know true. we are we are all Mac people. So you're yeah. you're probably hearing a pretty perhaps one side. Well, I don't know. I was gonna Very say you're hearing, like, you're hearing one side, but Mac is the predominant. I mean, this is a React podcast, and knowing what we know about React developers, I'd say the Mac user base is the majority, or I, I, I don't know, survey wise, I'd be curious uh what but it's you certainly get the sense that group amongst react developers is quite large uh yeah for yeah. whatever reason I would say all of them all the react gigs that i've been on 100 percent mac and it's know. it's funny because i mean i've i used windows for a long time it's it's been a while but i was on windows for for many many years my kids have windows laptops that they use for gaming and such and i mean at this point i feel like windows is fine i, I don't necessarily have any issues with it but because <laughs> i but to me, for Mac, it's it's just the little things, like you said with with messages. It's just, and for me, it's always been more about the hardware itself. So it's not the operating system as much as I find MacBooks are just incredibly consistent for me because I've had several different MacBooks, and it's the fact that they last forever. I've mm-hmm. had like the ones that I bought six, seven years ago. I'm still using as like a personal Mac, and it's still running fine, no issue. The battery life has been spectacular. I've had no issues. I It's taken like it's been beaten around a little bit. It's still going <laughs> strong. Whereas I've had Windows laptops, like my kids' Windows laptops, we've already they've had them for a little over a year and they've already had issues. We've had things with Windows updates not installing. Oh, right. Uh, we had yeah. like a keyboard problem. So for me, it's more like the hardware aspect of it versus the actual software is why, why I continue to be a Mac person. And I think the, the OS though, it's a big deal. Like I, I, in the world of OSS and, and, and like with, with a lot of the code that I publish and things like that, you know, I'll get, Hey, this doesn't work, blah, 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 blah. blah. And then I'll see a C colon backslash, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, are you on Windows? And they're like, Yeah. I'm like, Oh, okay. I haven't tested it on Windows. And it's like the little things like just the, uh, the fact that you've got these goofy like C colon D colon, blah, 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 blah things. And. Uh, and I end up saying, you know, hey, maybe you want to just do the Windows subsystem for Linux because it'll give you like <laughs> a real file system layout, right? That you can, it's compatible, right? Yeah. What, what think, is that's from like CPM days? Yeah. I still Ugh. think like that was always my biggest problem with Windows, but I feel like they've made a lot of strides because there is a Linux subsystem yeah. on Windows and you can use that. So it, if that's your complaint, which it definitely was one of mine, like, at least Windows has answers to it now. And yeah, it's some like, sort of answer, yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. you can use that. If you're willing to do the legwork, you can, yeah. People are always like, I don't want to do that. Hey, folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show, or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production, and you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. So I know we were short on time. Should we do some picks? Yeah, we could head into picks. Uh, <laughs> when do you want to? I'll start off because Paige is going to come back eventually. Yeah. Paige is having internet issues. So we're working yeah, around we're, that. We're not picking internet service providers today because <laughs> yes. uh, we, yeah. we would get Paige on a very long rant about hers, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. may or may not start with com. And I'll let you uh, yeah. <laughs> figure out the rest. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. So, boy, I've got a like a heartfelt pick today and I've got a, a, a more fun pick today. So just I'll give it to you. So my heartfelt pick is my wife is in the hospital with cancer. And 
it's a blood cancer. And so it would be the American Red Cross or, or any Red Cross that does blood service. And if you can donate, that is wonderful. There are so many people in need and it's just a, it's a wonderful thing for people to be able to do. And but thankfully the prognosis is good. So, uh, very happy about that. And she's a fighter. So that's great. Yeah. But my more fun pick as an anniversary gift to us for our 30th anniversary, I got us a, an uni pizza oven and it has been, <laughs> I, I, you know, when, when we're not, when I'm not at the hospital, I'm, I'm cooking pizzas up on this, this uni pizza oven outside and it has been just awesome. So really, really loving that. And it's just fun to, you know, it's a great summer thing. If you're still, I give you just getting into the summer now. So if you have, you know, you can put it on the back porch and make pizzas for your friends and it's just great. So it's O-O-N-I, correct? Because I I had to look this up and the internet knew what it was. Oh, yeah. This thing thing looks kind of like a outdoor grill, right? But it's like... Yeah, and you can use it for grilling. (laughs) Actually, you can use it for both. You can basically... Yeah, I've got one that does both gas and charcoal, but like, you know, you can, you can use it as a pizza oven or you can, like, I've just got a, like a, a pan that you can just throw some, some chicken and some veggies on there or some steaks and do it for everything. Right. Yeah. This looks, this looks fascinating. They were going to make I paninis tonight. So it's exciting. That's very fun. Nice. You have to check these out. Oh yeah. No, it's worth, it's worth <laughs> if you like the outdoor cooking thing. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Okay, so there is a bit of a delay because I am on my phone's hotspot at this point. It is more reliable than my home internet. So I will not be picking Comcast. The thing that I will be picking (laughs) when your internet is available is a show on uh, HBO Go that is called The White Lotus. And I don't know, it's, it's been out, I think, for a while. So it's not necessarily one of their newest. But what is fun about it is that it's set in Maui. So if you love Hawaii, you're definitely going to want to see it just for the views and the the gorgeous nature that is Hawaii and the Hawaiian Islands. But everything that possibly can go wrong at this particular hotel, which is named the White Lotus, goes wrong in the space of about a week. And it's funny to see the the guests' reactions, the people who are working at the hotel, the concierge, the just the service staff, as they're trying to handle this and make everybody's stay just as enjoyable as possible. And it goes horribly awry from the get-go. So if you enjoy things like that and and want to keep wondering what could possibly happen next, this is a nice six-episode short romp through what could be definitely termed the trip from hell for some of these, these customers. <laughs> so that'll be my pick. Uh, my pick is going to be Lilo and Stitch. So the oh, original, yeah. the original movie. I saw there was an article yesterday. I don't know when it'll be when you're hearing this, but the the movie actually turned 20, which made me feel a little bit old, but also nostalgic because it was just one of my favorite movies. Jack and Paige can probably see uh, some Stitch memorabilia oh, on the great. the bookshelf behind now me. Now I know so to get to you. It's a if you if you somehow have not seen the original movie, uh, you should you're doing yourself uh, you'd be doing yourself a favor by seeing it uh, because it's it's an absolute classic. And if you have kids, you could keep going. There's a whole if you didn't know a Lilo and and Stitch like extended universe. They did like (laughs) four movies. They did a show you can watch on Disney Plus that's like 50, 60 some episodes. The, The extended version is probably only if you have kids like we watched it with our kids when they were like seven, eight, which is perfect. They absolutely uh, ate it up and it was a lot of fun. But even for adults, uh, 
kids, any age, the original movie is is a must see. So if you somehow have not seen it, you should check it out. That one, I re- it, Leland's just really worked for me. And it was actually, before, I think it was just before we had our kid. So yeah, 20 years ago. And uh, it was the first time Disney really moved away from like the perfect people thing. You know, there was no one perfect yeah. princesses and perfect this. And, and, and people hated that. They're like, oh, this movie's like, ah, it doesn't, doesn't fit with the like, Disney genre. And I'm like, go. This is yeah. great. More weird representative people that are like weird and fun and quirky and real. Yeah, it really was the first movie that because that's Disney's been doing a lot of that recently, which I also think is a very good thing. And I feel like Lilo and Stitch was sort of the spark to show that they could do that and have box office success because the movie did really well, too. It's not just a fan favorite. It you know They made money off of it, too. So, yeah, it seems to have encouraged them to head in that direction, I think, to all of our benefits. No, definitely. Cool. Well, thanks again for joining us. I'll just remind you one more time that if you want to hop in and talk about any of these hardware stuff, uh, if you want to talk about Paige's connectivity issues with Comcast, <laughs> you can jump into our Discord channel, chat with us. We love chatting about all this stuff. Uh, Elon, if you're listening, she could use a starlet. <laughs> cool. But thanks, everybody, for joining us once again. And until next week, thanks for joining us. Bye. See you then. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.